Hello and welcome to another episode of A Little Ray of Sunshine, inspirational stories from everyday people. Tonight I have with me as my guest, Jenny Bond. Welcome, Jenny. Hi. Glad to have you here. I'm excited to be here. Awesome. So I'll just jump right into it. Tell me a little bit about yourself and maybe we can just talk about what Jenny Bond's story looks like. You mind doing that? Not at all. Okay. So I became a police officer. I worked in the jail and... That stemmed a lot from my upbringing. My dad got heavily into drugs, and I saw what he went through and what I went through and my mom, and it made me want to help people. We went through a lot of hard times. Uh, My dad didn't start off that way. We were a super happy family. Go to family dinners every week together. He was involved in my sports, my brother's sports, him and my mom were very happy and somewhere along the way he became addicted to crack cocaine how old were you when you first realized that your dad was into drug use i was fairly young i want to say i was in elementary school when Mm -hmm. i realized something was going on even though my mom tried to hide it from me and my brother Mm -hmm. and he's seven years older than me which you knew how did you know i knew something was wrong he would be gone a lot in the evening And we would all hop in our truck and go look for him. And I was, I want to say I was in fifth grade when we found him in his car and he was overdosing. At that moment? Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. So what happened? Um, We called the police and the ambulance and he went to the hospital and it was, I don't really remember a whole lot from it, but I remember a lot of lights and going to the hospital and him kind of being unaware of what was going on for a while. Mm-hmm. So so what happened after that, after you went through that experience, where did it take you from there? I think I just kind of became a loner almost. I really liked hanging out just by myself in my room, not really interacting too much. My mom and dad argued a lot, so my room was like my safe haven. He went into rehab after that. And um, it was great for a year or two, and then he relapsed. How old were you at that time when your dad relapsed again? I want to say I was probably 11, 12. And when he relapsed, it was worse than before. We ended up without any food, electricity. I would often eat breakfast at school. And at that time, you could go through the line as many times as you wanted I lived in Tacoma, Washington at the time, and it was a very inner city, a lot of underprivileged people. So I would often go through a few times. Mm -hmm. And at lunch, I would eat really slow. Um, None of my friends knew what I was going through. I kept all that to myself. I liked school to kind of be my old life, I guess. So nobody ever really came over. I would go to friends' houses every now and then. And I would go through the line a second, two, three times. Mm-hmm. At, at lunch too knowing I wouldn't have any food at home um, at one point it was so bad we uh, had to go across the street and fill buckets up with water to flush the toilets mm-hmm. I showered at school a lot my gym teacher knew kind of what was going on so I would shower there how long did that go on for it went on until I was in eighth grade and I came home and my mom told me Her best friend, Dawn, was there, 
And she said, you're going over to Don's. And I said, okay. And she goes, when you come back, your dad won't be here. And I said, okay. And I remember being just so thankful because my mom and dad's relationship was really bad. I saw her break a glass and tackle him and put it to his throat. It was just a lot of arguing, physical abuse. I think at that point, my mom was so frustrated and he was often high. So it was a lot to see. Now that you look back on that, how do you see that as being a time in your life that has shaped you and formed you to who you are today? How did that help or hurt you? I think for a while it did hurt me. I was in an abusive relationship. And then I realized I I don't want to go down this same path. It definitely helped me as to drug abuse. I was always very afraid of drugs Mm -hmm. just because I saw what, you know, my dad went from making a lot of money and being happy to someone I didn't recognize any longer. Mm -hmm. Where's your dad today? What's he doing today? So he lives in Tacoma, Washington. I don't have any contact with him. Mm -hmm. The last time I had contact with him was... I want to say maybe a year and a half or two years ago, and he was clean at that time, and he reached out to my mom Mm -hmm. to see what I was doing and where I was at, and she made him aware that I was working in the jail, and we talked off and on, and then he got very verbally abusive towards me because I was a police officer in the jail, and I cut off any contact with him. When's the last time you actually spoke with him? Face-to-face. I would have been in high school, but that was just a couple years ago. Mm -hmm. And when I saw him in high school, I was actually going to a fair and I saw him and, you know, I called out to him and he looked at me and just kept going. He hadn't seen me for years. He didn't recognize me. So I finally caught up to him and said, you know, I'm your daughter, you know? Yeah. And he was, I think he might've been high. He was very out of it. You just kind of described how that has affected you maybe adversely, but Also, you're doing well today. What do you attribute that to? I think just staying strong. My brother, unfortunately, kind of went the opposite direction, and he's older. So I saw, you know, what he was doing and what he was going through. And I just, I worked hard Um, in high school. I thought I wanted to go to college and be an FBI profiler. So I had really good grades and worked really hard and ended up going into cosmetology school. It's (laughs) a little different, but still. Yes, Yeah, and then from there, okay, you obviously made your way from Washington out here to Idaho. What brought you out to Idaho? My uh, mom's oldest brother moved out here, and they'd lived here for five years, and he talked my grandma into moving here. And me and my grandma are very close. And she lived here for about two years, and I came here on vacation to see her, and she convinced me to move here. This is the place you need to be. Mm Mm-hmm. Do you regret it? In some ways, I really miss Washington. I had a house there that looked onto Mount Rainier, Mm -hmm. and it's so beautiful, and I love the weather there. I miss my friends. I don't have a whole lot of friends here, but in so many ways, I'm glad that I moved here. I met Tyler, Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. we have a great life here. So again, thinking back, you've had a lot of opportunities presented to you to you know, to improve yourself and to reevaluate you, you know, find yourself. Are you happy with the person that you're finding? I think so. Mm-hmm. Often, I think people look back on their lives and say, you know, I wish I wouldn't have done that. But 
I feel proud of everything I've done, even my mistakes, because it's made me who I am and I've learned from them. Mm-hmm. I really enjoy my life. No, that's good. Some people would like to run away from their mistakes mm-hmm. and just forget they ever happen. But I'm hearing you say, oh, that's made me that who I am and, and I've learned from them. Yeah. And kind of moved on, right? Moved right. on past that. I don't know how easy that would be to move on with what you described to me of what was going on growing up. That'd be difficult. And mm-hmm. some people, unfortunately, may not make it out of that. You said your brother kind of took a different turn. Mm-hmm. And how's he doing? He's good. Mm-hmm. He moved here a month or two ago, and he's getting clean and trying to turn his life around. He had a really scary incident. He overdosed and was hallucinating, and I think that really scared him. He's tried to get clean several times, but this time he's pretty serious about it. Yeah. So what motivates you to do what you're doing? I have my son. He's a huge motivator. Mm -hmm. But I think for myself, I want to be more than my dad Mm -hmm. in a way, Mm -hmm. I guess. What do you want to be? I want to be happy. I want to have a great family, something that we used to have that kind of fell apart Mm -hmm. due to his sickness. Yeah. The one person we haven't talked about much is your mother. Obviously, she went through a lot as Mm -hmm. as well, and she moved back here to Idaho as well. Mm -hmm. How has she worked through that, and what's your relationship like today with her? She was single for a very long time after, and her and I went through a lot together. I played premier soccer, and she would work three or four jobs to help pay for that, as well as bills. And even though I wanted to quit because I knew she couldn't afford it, and for me, that was a huge outlet, but I think we grew closer after that. Um, And then when I was 16, she started dating, and she would often say it's my time to be happy, and she ended up moving to Ocean Shores, which is about like from Idaho Falls to Twin Falls, Mm -hmm. and I wasn't invited. Um, So I ended up living with my brother, who at that time was doing drugs. How old were you then? I was 15 or 16. And she decided to take her time and had you live with your brother, who Mm -hmm. was struggling. Mm -hmm. And what was that like for you? It was rough. I lived about two miles from my high school, and I would walk, which, you know, isn't that big of a deal, but... It would be pouring rain in Tacoma. Mm-hmm. So by the time I get to school, I was soaked. And I think that was the year. I, I think everything started to affect me. I stopped going to school for a while. And I ended up having to work extra hard <laughs> to graduate. To make it up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So with your brother, that how long were you living with him before you actually reunited with your mother? I didn't reunite with my mother for quite a while. Oh. I lived with him for, I want to say, three or four months. And my mom's best friend, Don, her brother, um, one day was just at his apartment and asked me how I was doing. And I said, you know, I'm okay. And I ended up going to live with him, which at the time I thought was a good idea. But he was involved in uh, like adult video industry. Oh. And I was exposed to a lot at his house at a young age. Mm-hmm. How has that affected you today in your adult life? I think it affected me for a little while, Mm -hmm. but now that I'm older, I think... You saw it for what it was. Yeah, Mm -hmm. and that's just a part of my life that it happened, and you just have to move on because otherwise you'll just get dragged down. 
Oh, I'm sure it would be easy to get drugged down mm-hmm. uh, with something like that to be exposed to. What drives you? I mean, what is it about you that makes you want to be successful? I don't know. I mean, it's weird to say, but my dad always said when we were little, do everything to your best. Mm-hmm. And if you do that, everything will work out. And then you saw his drug use, and he wasn't doing that to his best. Mm-hmm. What did that do to you to see that? I remember being really angry with him. Being so young, I kind of didn't understand mm-hmm. at that time, and I was, I was very angry. Mm-hmm. Everything he had taught us, yeah. in my mind, was a lie. You thought it was a lie, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and just thinking about it, too. I mean, you know, I have lots of thoughts bouncing around in my head right now. Yeah. But, you know, you have fought for where you are now. I kind of get that sense that you've fought for everything that you have right now mm-hmm. in life. And sometimes that makes us stronger when we have to fight for it. True. Mm-hmm. Do, would you agree with that? And that's something Definitely. that you're doing? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think it makes you appreciate the little things mm-hmm. a lot more, yeah. for sure. Yeah. And I like that you mentioned that, uh, you know, what drives you to be successful. Even though your dad said that and fell away from that statement, you've kept it. Mm-hmm. And you try to do your very best at everything you do. I try. What do you want out of life now? I mean, what are your goals? Where do you see yourself going or doing? I don't know. I thought I was, you know, going to be in the law enforcement, and that took a turn. So I think right now I'm, I'm loving where I work, and there's so many opportunities there to move around and move up, and I could see myself staying on with them. Yeah. So why didn't you use your past experiences as a crutch? instead of a stepping stool? I don't know. I think it must just be something inside of me. And I was new, like, this isn't the life that I want. Mm-hmm. And I always pictured myself being, you know, wealthy and successful and in that sense. And now I think I'm wealthier than, you know, all the money in the world. I'm happy. Mm-hmm. So. And where does this happiness stem from? Where are you, where are you getting this happiness? I think just from my work and my family. Mm-hmm. Are you in a good place right now? Yes. So what would you say to other people who might have gone through some pretty similar things growing up in their childhood? I mean, in my eyes, you're a success story. Some people aren't. Yeah. So what would you offer to those people who might need some advice? Yeah. I would say it gets better. You just have to keep pushing and know in your mind, there is light at the end of the tunnel. Mm-hmm. And even though you're in a dark situation, no matter what you're going through, you can always change it. It's up to you mm-hmm. to change it. So when you were 11 and going through all these things that we talked about between what ages? 10 to 15 or what? Yeah, probably around like 10 to okay. 16. Okay. So picture that time in your life. What if somebody came to you and said, gosh, Jenny, just wait, things will get better. How would that have felt to you to hear that? Would you have believed him? I don't think so. Mm-hmm. There was a point in my life, um, especially when we had no food or anything, that it was really hard. It was really hard. I don't know if I would have thought at that time. You know, when you're young, when you can move out, seems so far away. Mm-hmm. I don't think I would have believed them. So if you didn't believe them, what kept you going? I don't know, honestly. I, I was really into soccer. Mm-hmm. And I had that family. We were all very close. So I would often just think, 
I have soccer practice today, you know, that'll get me through. And when I was younger, all I wanted, you know, when I was in elementary school, I just wanted to be, you know, in the premier women's league and, mm-hmm. and play soccer. So I'm assuming, I don't know what premier league is, but I'm assuming it's a top level. Yes. Top level league for mm-hmm. pretty good athletes. Yeah. Did you ever see yourself using soccer as a way to get out, to move forward in life? Too? Yeah, for sure. That was definitely my plan. I had a full ride scholarship to play soccer in North Carolina. Mm-hmm which was where I really wanted to go. They had the best soccer team, you mm-hmm. know, for college women. So Why didn't you take that? I ended up getting injured. I dislocated both of my knees. Mm-hmm. And the doctor told me, if you keep playing, you're going to have multiple knee surgeries. And once they found that out, I lost my scholarship. And at that point, you had to make a decision. Mm-hmm. Do you remember what you decided to do? I kind of gave up. Really? I did. Tell me about that. So I just kind of thought, well, I don't really have another plan. I'm not going to go to college. So I just, I gave up and I said, I'm just going to take a year off. And that turned into two years and three years. And then I decided I'm going to go to beauty college. Mm -hmm. And how have you used that experience you got there at the beauty college? What have you done with that? I was a hairstylist for a really long time, like 10 years almost, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and I loved it. I was very successful. I went from making $90 on a paycheck to Mm 3,000-ish plus product sales, and I built up my clientele. I worked really hard, and I loved it. I miss it. Mm -hmm. I ended up getting carpal tunnel. So you got two bad knees, carpal tunnel, Yeah. and that led you into law enforcement? Yes, I was thinking, I don't, I don't know what I want to do. I knew I wouldn't have a long career in, you know, doing hair. Mm-hmm. I just looked back and I remember there was a police officer that would drive the neighborhood. Um, I didn't live in the best neighborhood. Mm-hmm. And he would race us and throw the football or baseball or, you know, whatever with us. And I don't know what made me think of him. And I thought, I think that's what I want to do. I want to impact people's lives. Oh, that's great. So let me go back to something that I have been thinking about, and we sort of touched on it, but going forward from here, do you want to help that person who's experiencing some things you went through, and how could you do that, be of help for that? I definitely would love to do something like that. Mm-hmm. I've thought about maybe trying to start groups, mm-hmm. um, maybe for underprivileged children. I don't really know how to start anything like that. I've thought about coaching soccer um, and just helping people that way. Yeah, I think that would be a big impact, make a big difference. Mm -hmm. And really, at the end of the day, giving back has all shapes and sizes and takes on all forms, doesn't it? Mm -hmm. It could be coaching and it could be groups. It could be Mm -hmm. mentoring. I mean, there's so many things. Mm -hmm. And just being nice to people when you see them Mm -hmm. is a big deal. And it doesn't take much to do that. Mm -hmm. Okay. So... Advice, again, I like to go back to advice because the name of this podcast is uh, Little Ray of Sunshine Inspirational Stories from Everyday People. You're obviously an inspiration. How can you continue to inspire? That's the thing. That's the thing we we like to get to is what can you do now, despite everything that happened to you in your past, uh, moving forward? Let's talk about that before we conclude tonight. Moving forward, what do you see your life like in the future? Um. Just having an amazing family and being happy and working hard in my career Mm -hmm. and just 
knowing that someday I might talk with him again or maybe he'll get clean. Mm-hmm. You hope for that? I do. What would you say to him if that chance ever came about? I would tell him I was happy for him and proud of him. Mm-hmm. And I know that he was sick yeah. and everything that happened, we can move on. Mm-hmm. I don't get the sense that you hold grudges. How can you not hold a grudge with something so important during your childhood? I did for a really long time, and I had a hard time moving on from that. Mm-hmm. So I I had to find it within myself to move on. Yeah. Without moving on from that, I couldn't move on. Oh, that makes a lot of sense. I saw a picture the other day with some wording to it. It touched me profoundly, actually. It was really a good saying there was a snake and the snake had wrapped itself around a handsaw Mm -hmm. and as the snake wrapped itself around that handsaw the saw cut into the snake and it hurt the snake Mm -hmm. and to get back at the saw he squoze tighter and tighter until it hurt him so bad that the snake could never recover from it Mm -hmm. and sometimes that seems like what we do is we get angry and we have those feelings of well i'm going to hold a grudge and that person needs to be punished and so who are we really hurting right ourselves it's so true yeah so any time we think about holding a grudge and hating somebody or really not liking somebody just think of yourself as that snake right wrapping around tightly around that saw i like that you're going to cut yourself in half it's true Somehow you figured that out, and that's pretty impressive that you did that at a a younger age. That's kind of a mature decision that you made to not hold that grudge. Yeah. I think I had to grow up kind of fast, you know, just everything that I went through. Mm -hmm. And when I was an adult, my dad actually got arrested for kidnapping a special needs girl and was charged with molesting her and kidnap. Did he go to prison for that? He did. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so, once again, I had to just move on how did you handle that i mean i wrote to him and asked him if he did that mm-hmm. you know did you do this and he said he didn't know that he was you know um he'd been high for several weeks at that point mm-hmm. and i'm assuming he did because um, yeah. he was convicted so the message i'm getting i mean when we first started visiting i don't know what the message was going to be yeah but it's starting to kind of come clear to me And that message is, it doesn't matter what we go through, we have the opportunity to be angry about it all our lives, Mm -hmm. or use that energy to turn ourselves around and to do something good for ourselves. Yes. That's what I see that you've done. And to be able to forgive your father, those are years of your life, formative years, Mm -hmm. I might add, of your life that you're not going to get back. Mm -hmm. And so... You got a choice, and that choice is continue to be angry and hate him or forgive him. Have Mm -hmm. you forgiven him? Yes. This might just be my being naive here, but how do you know fully within yourself when you've forgiven somebody? What does it feel like? I think once you come to peace with everything, I feel like about him like I did before. Which was? Um, Happy. He was someone that I looked up to. I had love for him. And I still love my father. I often worry about getting a phone call saying that he's passed away or overdosed. What would that do to you if you got that call? I would be sad. Oh, sure. But I think part of me would also be happy Mm -hmm. because he no longer is 
going through what he's going through. Mm-hmm. And you've made your peace with mm-hmm. him. Does he know how you feel towards him right now? I don't think so. I have no idea where he's at. No one, no yeah. one really knows where he is. Well, you probably know what I'm going to say next. If you haven't, what's keeping you from taking that next step in the forgiving process and telling him how you feel? I, I don't know how to contact him. I've sent him messages on Facebook, and mm-hmm. I don't know if he doesn't know how to get back into it, and mm-hmm. neither of his sisters know how to contact him. Mm-hmm. You've thought about it. Yes, I have. And that would be something you would do if you could get a hold of him. It would. Mm-hmm. Would that bring closure to everything? I think so, because the last time we spoke, it was not great words Yeah, back and forth. Yeah, I can see that that would be something that you would really long to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I just want to thank you. I mean, being here tonight and sharing some of these stories with me, it makes me realize how important relationships are and how much control we have over how those relationships go. Yes. Does that make sense? Yes, it does. Yeah, we have a lot in our ability. It's just a matter of what we want to do about it Mm -hmm. in the end of the day. Yeah, right? right. Well, Jenny, thank you so much for being here. Thank you for having uh, me. You bet. I'm certainly glad that you accepted the invitation. And uh, hopefully people out there who listen to this will be able to find some peace themselves through what, so. what you have said. And I do too. So to my listeners, remember to speak up, speak out, and speak often. Bye-bye. <laughs>